Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Welcome back. Welcome back. I apologize. I've been a little under the weather lately, so I think for this class I'm just going to sit back and show you all a film strip and some, about some history and see what you can pull out of it. Uh, I'm Alex. Uh, sorry, uh, Justin the bad kid in the back of the class, and I guess I just want to say that ass is in session. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. <laughs> Turn your hat around forwards, you crazy kid. I'm Pete. Okay, but my chair's going the fun way, too. <laughs> oh, man. So you're just facing the normal way. Yeah. yeah. You're I, facing backwards on your chair, but your chair is also backwards, so you're just facing forward. Exactly. I'm so rebellious, I'm a great student. <laughs> I go full circle every time. Well, you're going to do great here at the Umbrella Academy, where we're going to be talking about the second episode of Season 2, the Frankel footage. Yeah, That's Frankel. what I was, uh, you know, hinting at earlier getting towards earlier i got you 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 guys got it you understood but you know for those of you who haven't watched the episode that's your note of warning we're gonna be talking about spoilers we're gonna be getting into everything that happens in the episode so if you haven't watched it yet go watch season two episode two and then come back here because we're talking about the frankel footage let's start that right now See, the thing with me is I'm, like a lot of listeners, I exclusively take television in through listening to podcasts about said television Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always try to listen to five podcasts about a particular episode of television before I even attempt to watch it. Because otherwise exactly. I'm like, whoa, what is this? It's called doing the research. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, and this is probably a good time to mention, we joke a lot about school here on this Umbrella podcast, <laughs> but we can actually provide college credit to you just by listening to this. So uh, write yep. Pete at real Pete LePage on Twitter, and he'll get <laughs> you set up with our college credit program for listening to our podcasts. Uh, very exciting. Thanks for doing that, Pete. I really appreciate it. It's really yeah, good. No, the accreditation no. was hard to get, and thank you, Pete, for really spearheading that. Yeah, no problem. You know, um, uh, Cornell is very easy to get into, as we all know. So uh, I know a couple people over there. They hooked it up. Uh, they're really loosey goosey. So no big deal. Oh, Pete, that reminds uh, you're me. Probably talking about. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, Pete's probably talking about Humac, not arts and sciences. There's different colleges at Cornell. Some of them are a little loosey goosey, like Humac. And also the hotel school. I mean, what is it, even is that? Uh, oh, hey, hey don't shoot down the whole thing. We're the school. Ivy League. Arts and Sciences is the Ivy League part of Cornell. So, Alex, nothing more badass than shitting on <laughs> the other people, <laughs> unrelated people in your school. No, that's um, stuff, so th- huge dig. And I just want to say also, Pete, while you're talking, Pete, who obviously went to Ithaca College, I was at uh, a recently closed Dave and & Buster's, and I was using the um, the claw 
And I pull, yeah, actually yeah. pulled out an Ithaca College um, diploma. <laughs> oh, hey, congratulations. Those are really hard to get, man. I, it, it took it, me four years the It was one of the harder of traps, the harder things yeah, to yeah. pull. Wait, Pete, who who graduated from there again? Was it Dave or Buster? I, I never <laughs> Both. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's get into this episode uh, because a bunch of fun stuff goes on here. Now, we kick it off finding out exactly what happened to the handler, how she came back to life. We get a little update, what's going on with the commission. Uh, And then we step away from that and get on to the Hargreaves kids who are still being generally very sad in the 1960s in Dallas. Pretty bummed out, mostly remote from each other. And we pick up on the stuff that got set up in the first episode here as five is trying to stop the apocalypse and nobody is really listening to him. Yeah. To that end, he ends up tracking down Diego who is tagging along with Lila, who is the woman he escaped the mental asylum with. They kind of all end up teaming up and eventually find out, uh, they find this Frankel footage, which seems to reveal none other than Reginald Hargreaves on the grassy knoll or near the grassy knoll on the day that JFK is assassinated. So they go to track him down. Things don't go very well. Pogo slaps five. And secondarily to it's that, almost, probably a little lower to that, Diego gets stabbed. What were you going to say, Pete? It almost looked like he like almost tried to rip his face off. It was like a little bit more than a slap. It was kind of crazy looking. I watched it a couple of times because I was like, that's not just a slap. It's like a slap and tear. Like he's trying mm-hmm. to rip part of his face off. And also, like, Interesting. if you're going to do something as big as, you know, show up at the grassy knoll, having uh, an Umbrella Academy kind of business and then being out there with an umbrella, I mean, what, what are you trying to hide? Nothing, I guess. You're really putting it out there. That's fair. Although umbrellas, I got to say, as far as a signature move, like a lot of people do use them. Mm-hmm. You hate well, particularly people if it's very them. sunny out. It was very sunny on that day. The main detail that anybody really analyzes a lot about the day JFK uh, was assassinated is what was the weather like, you know? Yeah. And it was like a very nice sunny day. How'd that happen? That's suspicious, don't you think? A hundred percent. Isn't sure. it crazy how umbrellas are good for both rain and sun? That's suspicious as well. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to pull out the old murder board. I know those of you on the audio podcast can't necessarily see that, but let's start putting this together. I'm going to put an umbrella here. On one side, I'm going to put a sun. On the other side, I'm going to put a cute little red cloud. We're going to put red threads going to each of them. That's where we're going to start. Nice. Yes. Nice. Break this whole thing open. Now, Pete, you're a huge Pogo fan. Yeah. Now, what did you think about seeing Baby Pogo? Uh, it was, uh, it was rough. I mean, I was excited because they gave you hints along the way. Uh, you know, you got a little pogo on the chalkboard and then you get the pogo reveal, which is great. But number five's like pogo, like, yo, pogo, pogo doesn't know you, man. You're a stranger breaking into his room. So he got that. Yeah. Pogo don't play. And you saw that (laughs) also it was hilarious. Can I just say, let me tell you something. (laughs) Good. We're what, all good. What are you? What good is that from? What was that? Let me it's tell a you. Something. Fire Marshal Bill. It's a let me yeah. show you something, you asshole. Not tell you yeah, something. I think ex- I'll I'll tell tell you something. something. I think you were doing Columbo. Yeah. Is what I was guessing. <laughs> no, it was no, like, no, just one more thing. Uh, just one more thing. Yeah, there you go. That's a good Columbo. That's not bad. Thank you very the much. The Fire Marshal Bill was awful. At least I didn't. Fuck up that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Kick oh save and abuse. 
But I like the like double clap. Like I thought it was gonna like clap on the lights, but that's what Pogo responded to. So, um, you know, a lot of the now, dad uh, walking into the mist in this episode. Mist, big part of this app. Yeah, umbrellas, umbrellas, app, not good for mist. Know. The one thing umbrellas right, I'm can't put that do. up on the board here. Good yeah. mist. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There. Should I connect that with the thread yet? Mist, or just like put up a a picture of mist. Oh, yeah, um, yeah put up connects. the 90s computer game Mist, and I think that'll Ooh. really tell the story. I'll put that up as well, as well as Riven. Yes, good. Yeah, the very popular sequel. Uh, I just think... Uh, we're nailing the rest. Uh, Pete, do you think Pogo was already being trained to be a butler at this time, or was he focused on other interests and he just landed as a, a butler? Well, I think what you saw there in that creepy family room where it was a bunch of mannequin family, that's Pogo trying to learn how to kind of like take care of a family. I think that's what that room was about. Do you think well, if you had Alfred? if you had a baby monkey, could you train it to be a butler? If I had a baby monkey, I would not train to be a butler. I would have it be an assassin that uh, you know ran the streets with me. But you know that's either neither here nor there. I was about to say something about Alfred, but as we all know, Alfred started as an assassin and then made his way into buttling. Yeah, mm, so maybe exactly. it could be the same path for your monkey, Pete. Could be, could be. In little known fact, Alfred from the Batman franchise shaved monkey. Oh, you watch huh. yourself. That explains the mustache I get. What? Yeah, the mustache because he shaved everywhere except there. Monkeys just naturally cannot shave their mustache. Yeah, it's the one yeah, part yeah. they can't touch. Before we move on uh, from this, was... Pete, uh, while we're really ripping into you here, uh, did you feel like uh, Baby Pogo was a ripoff of Baby Yoda, or what was going on with that? Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Baby Pogo did look adorable, not Baby Yoda adorable. They didn't go, I think they would have gone smaller with Baby Pogo than definitely could have rivaled uh, Baby Yoda situation. Uh, but yeah, just big enough where it wasn't, it was slightly cute, not like baby Yoda adorable though, but I did like the Batman reference in this episode where number five was like, think about Batman and then lower the bar. That was funny. (laughs) We have been saying that for quite some time. Yes. And uh, they're saying what we're all thinking. That's why we love the observational comedic humor of the Umbrella Academy. Let's just get back to the recap real quick because we got a little sure, sidetracked sure. by uh, Baby Pogo over there. Uh, so meanwhile, Vanya is still on her farm. She's mixing it up with Carl and Sissy and Harlan. Doesn't have her memory back. Can't figure out who she is. When coincidentally, she ends up at Jack Ruby's bar. As we find out this episode, which yes. is where Luther is working. Luther is working for none other than Jack Ruby. The sees room. Vanya. He eventually tracks her back to her farm. Uh, ends up surprisingly apologizing to her for everything that he did last season. Yes. Which, which is kind of amazing. And I want to get back to that in a minute. Uh, and then Vanya Muzan, still not having her memory, but at least knowing about some connection from her past. And as everybody's sort of starting to cross paths here, we also get a little bit of that with Allison and Klaus. Uh, Klaus gets arrested. He gets thrown in jail. He sees one of his own followers there. Um, Meanwhile, Raymond, who is Allison's husband, gets arrested by the cops, I believe, for the sit-in that they did the other night. um, Just for being black, really. whatever racist excuse they wanted. Uh, They throw her in jail. uh, And Klaus and Raymond end up interacting. Klaus leaves, not seeing Allison. But Allison realizes that Klaus is around as Klaus heads out back to his old guru house. Uh, that he breaks into. Yeah, that was um, fun. so that's pretty much what's going on 
in this episode, we still don't really have much more information about the apocalypse, though it may be caused by Reginald Hargreaves. Everybody isn't quite together, but they're slowly starting to coalesce. They're getting uh, close. They're getting closer. Now, Pete, you raised your hand. What do you want to talk about, bud? Uh, well, there was a couple of things I wanted to touch on, but one, I, I'm, I was worried about like having to go like a whole season where they weren't uh, together. And again, it was number five trying to get them all together. And I'm happy that in this episode, we had a lot of movement. We got to kind of see where people were and how they're going to connect. You know, we kind of had a little bit of Klaus just missing, but I'm glad that like we really got some connections here, uh, especially the Luther Vanya stuff was pretty powerful. And I was very happy that Luther, I was a little worried because you saw him drinking with a gun in his car. But the fact that he apologized because it was his fault. He locked her into that torture chamber that like sent her on this horrible kind of path. And that all started with him, uh, you know, not believing her and locking her in that kind of a tank. Um, so I thought it was awesome the way he apologized. And then kind of a, you know, awful 60s moment where they were, you know, the other lady was like, what a man apologizing to a woman, you know, and I was like, yeah, well, those were the times that was a little brutal. Uh, wow. Breaking down the 1960s with Mr. Peter Page. Um, it is interesting. Luther does feel like he's actually uh, getting better as opposed to everyone else is a little bit wandering, Luther feels like, especially in this episode, that he's figuring some shit out. Yeah. Well, particularly it's interesting to your point, Chester, because he's, it certainly seems like he's hit rock bottom, right? Like fighting for a living, getting drunk all the time, working for Jack Ruby. None of these things are particularly great things to be doing. He doesn't care about getting the the drunk all the time. It's pretty sweet. Uh, Yeah, that is. It's sick. It's sick, dude. It's sick. And if there are any kids listening to this podcast out there, just know getting drugs real cool. Well, Very you gotta, cool. you know, you gotta work, and then you can have your fun, you know. So you know, you gotta take care of That's business, right. so then you can turn it much up a better bit. lesson: work hard and drink hard, and fall asleep <laughs> yeah. on your couch. <laughs> That's the American uh, way. Uh, Living the sweet yeah. life. Yes, that's well. That was the plot of the Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. Was they were getting wasted all the time, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, Cody was short for codeine. <laughs> uh, Zach was short for crack. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <That's true. laughs> Disney Channel's doing some fucked up stuff you don't even know about. Um, don't even watch Disney Channel Junior. I mean, what is going on with Sophia the First? No thanks. Nice, in too deep. But speaking of that, uh, great use of the bibbity bobbity boo at the top of the episode, which is a oh, huge, yeah. huge tune in my house. Uh, what do you think about the handler? This is something that we talked about the last episode. How uh, this... uh, she wasn't. Wait, she, was she back the last episode? She no, was no. not. Uh, so we talked about it. Sorry, at the finale, that it was a bummer that she died, that she was killed so quickly. They figure out, I feel like, a kind of janky way to bring her back, but the the way that they play it is a little cheeky, which is fun. So it worked for me. How'd you guys feel about it? Yeah, I like it. And plus, it's a great ad for getting metal plates in your head. You know what I mean? That way, if somebody shoots you, you're good, you know? Yeah, it's good to do a a, a, a unmotivated metal plate surgery. There's no no yeah. shame in that. Yeah. Just throw it in there. It's like a little little body armor, under the skin body armor. Uh, 
Exactly, um, exactly. I didn't mind this. I thought it was cool. Uh, it was great to meet the hospital guys who are MSG realists. Um, oh, yeah. But the most exciting part, I think, was the uh, Goldfish helmet. AJ. Yeah, good old AJ, which I thought, this is right out of the comics. Yes. This was perfect. The voice was perfect. And that's a weird thing about reading comics. This is a dumb thing to say. I know you guys know this. I'm saying for the listeners, but... All right, cool. I'm going to tune, like, tune out for a little bit then. Yeah, yeah. Just let us know <laughs> when you're just talking for the to listeners? us again. Just <laughs> this for is just for the listeners. La, 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 okay, la. listeners. You listen in. Host, tune out. <laughs> you got <laughs> but I mean, you know, the, you're reading a comic book. Obviously, you can't hear it. But at the same time, I know that the way that I hear it, I, I'm hearing the voices in my head. I'm hearing the way that they speak. Like there's a cadence to it. There's a rhythm to it. Uh, the the writers certainly keep it consistent if they're going across titles. But AJ is perfect. AJ sounds like AJ sounds in the book to me. Uh, you know? Yeah. Also, I was super happy Herb. Got the uh, call back for season two. He was really nicely used in the first season. It was nice to see him uh, still still hanging in there. AJ made smoking cool. Yes, absolutely. If I had a goldfish head, I 100% take up smoking. And kids, if you're listening out there, just know smoking is real cool. Smoking <laughs> is cool. Drinking is cool as long as you work during the day. Work all day and then smoke all night That's what I always say And drink all night, don't forget both, you gotta do both Yep Yeah, you gotta alternate, you gotta drink in one hand, Siggy in the other Exactly, smoke booze I did like the handlers um, Kind of like Walking into work It was fun, like old timey music Everybody's kind of whisper talking about her and then fun that she ended up right at number five's desk and then kind of like freaked out about it. I liked, I really loved all that. And I also kind of liked the explanation like, yeah, you, I feel like she would get demoted. She kind of blew it, uh, even though, you know, a lot of it wasn't her fault as she kind of talked about like Hazel and Cha Cha after. It was, it was really uh, fun to kind of see her be defensive of her work and then be like, I took bullets to the head for this job. <laughs> And uh, they were like, yeah, we didn't fire you, but, you know. Well, and it's nice to see that the that her, uh, the organization is going to be uh, involved here. Obviously, we're dealing with time travel, perhaps this whole season. So eventually, they're going to come up big as another enemy, I feel like. Did, is it weird to you that there are that many people who work at the commission? Because it feels no. like... To employ that many people, there must be fuck ups in time. Well, but Alex, have you ever been time. to an Apple store? There's like yeah. fucking uh, so yeah, many sure. people working there, and like honestly, what are they doing? Yeah, right. or like a post office where it seems like only two people work there, but then you go in the back and there's like eighty five people. Quick question, Pete: Why are you in the back <laughs> of a post office? Stay out of there. That's not for you. Gotta you got to get your packages. You know what I mean? You got to no, go in no, the back. No. You're supposed so, so to wait. They bring them to you. You can't just walk in the nah, back. Nah, that's for people who wait. <laughs> you must be loving this time when the United States Postal Service is underfunded. You can just force your way back there whenever you want. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a fun part of, you know. So what do you do? Do you like work yourself through one of the mail slots or how do you do that? No, you just pretend like you work there, know where you're going and then make some choices and see what happens. 
But I want to get back to... Let me to, just say real quick on that, Pete. Thank you for... Pete delivered my mail for six months to to complete his Postal Service <laughs> character undercover. Yeah. Uh, and it was great six, to see you every I had day. six shorts. Yeah. Great yeah. shorts. Uh, anyways, uh, I, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the villains. The creepy milkmen were insane in this episode. Sweet. Scandinavians, yeah. Uh, fun stuff in there. Have you ever played a round of Knife in the Foot? It's called Mumbly Peg, and I think didn't we talk about that on a recent podcast? No. Wait, is that a real game? What yeah, are you talking actually? about? Mumbly Peg. I is played that it. some like backwoods uh, shit that you you know grew up with, or what's up? Weren't we talking about? Maybe it wasn't this podcast. Weren't you we do talking a lot about of podcasts? You know, you got. Were we talking it. about like um, dumb games we played uh, growing up in the country? Yes. Yeah, this sounds vaguely familiar. Well, I, on that, whatever podcast that was, I mentioned Mumbly Peg, and it was crazy in this episode to see them playing it. It's a game where the premise of the game is that you have each have a jackknife, or you share, I guess, and you throw it, and the goal is to get it as close to the other person's foot as possible without Jesus. going going through <laughs> their toes. And wow. that's how you win. And one of these guys obviously lost. But it's crazy that I, it's in the cultural consciousness. I feel consciousness. like every time somebody plays that, somebody's going to lose and lose big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it keeps it fun. Did you Have you played it? And how bad have you lost? Uh, no, I haven't played it. Oh, I'm good. I'm glad. I've definitely played the alien game. I've done that. I mean, that's hands, not feet. You've done that one? Yeah, the one with you know the knife. Yeah. Yeah, you spread your fingers and do the knife as quickly as you can through the fingers. What? Yes. You've done that? I've done that. I mean, not Android speed or anything like that, but yeah, I've done that game. Oh, not wow. Android speed, dude? <laughs> not. Uh, I just want to Alex, you do so much else at Android speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what? I'll do it. <laughs> You're either a very fast human or like a pretty junky Android. <laughs> and I'll tell you uh, what, yeah, Alex, get... both, I love you both ways. Ah, Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Scandinavians are great. I know Pete's not going to agree with this, but I'll just double down on what we talked about the last episode. Better uh, second-rate Tarantino villains than Hazel and Chacha How last season. How fucking dare you? That's like a creepy fish slap in the face that they were cooking in a skillet for some reason. That was... No, they are just creepy and weird. You like creepy more than fun, and Hazel and Cha Cha are fun. Um, I gotta say, I feel like the Scandinavians um, are real Coen Brothers style uh, knockoff mm. villains. Okay, you're right. So the, you're right. it's been a progression from Tarantino to Coen Brothers. Thank you, Justin. Thank <laughs> They're you. They're moving backwards. Eventually, there'll be a peck and paw in like season five or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, they're fun. Uh, I want to jump back, though. We talked about Luther a little bit. We didn't really talk about Vanya that much. Uh, and I continue to like what is going on with her at this house. I think there's some real surprisingly subtle things that are going on, particularly with Carl. You know, he's not just like the monstrous abusive husband, which feels like that would be the season one choice. Yeah. The season two choice that he's just sad, particularly him getting drunk and saying, yeah. uh, does she still like me? Love yeah. Vanya yeah. talking about Sissy. It's just sad, and uh, you understand why Sissy doesn't want to be there and is drawing away from him. You understand why Carl is remote from Sissy. Uh, but at the same time, 
the two of them there. It, it's very sweet. Yeah, I really thought it was impressive the way it was like not a drunk piece of shit guy. It was a drunk guy who like, you know, is just kind of beat up by life. You know, he, he wasn't mm-hmm. like, ah, I can't get, wait to get home and, you know, be horrible to my family. He was kind of like there was a moment of earnestness, which I was happy that it wasn't like, okay, this guy's just a piece of shit. There's a little bit more, you know, complexity to this character. Uh, but yeah, I, the Vanya stuff is still so creepy to me because it's like, don't leave Vanya alone with your kid. She's going to turn in the white violin and everybody's dead. So, well, but she doesn't, she leaves and she goes, after Oh, Carl. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Thank you for telling me that. So I appreciate <laughs> oh, oh, she doesn't. Oh, okay. I must have not noticed that. Okay. Thanks. Wow. See, I, what I like is Vanya is trying to keep the family together. She's doing what she, she's taken on this new role. And I, I know I said, Luther sort of feels like he's getting better. It feels like Vanya is sort of, uh, repairing some of the things that happened no. to her. Yeah. But that's all going to go out the window once she remembers who she is. There's definitely that note as she's asleep and she starts having flashbacks of what happened to her as the white violin. And that's certainly a threat of what's to come, uh, regardless of uh, Luther forgiving her or not. Uh, What do you think about the moments with Vanya and Sissy, though? Some, uh, there's some hand stuff going what do you, on. What do you well, imply? Yeah, she was just looking at her hands because she plays the violin, and they were trying to figure out, like, oh, you haven't worked, you know, you haven't real, you don't have like the hands of someone who's worked their whole lives, but you do have calluses. I did like the, the callus line was pretty good. That was good. yeah, yeah, I definitely gave it. All right, we do, where did you think there was other... something more to that? There's a moment where they like touch fingers a little bit. Mm, okay. Yeah, they do a little bit of the, what is it, uh, Snoochie Boochies thing? No. Snoochie Boochies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, Silent Bob and his friend, who's his friend? Kevin? Jay Jay? and Silent Bob, you (laughs) fucking asshole. I was like, no way you can finish the Snoochie Boochies. Alex, I mean, there's no, that's a fine thing to forget. But I'm still (laughs) not clear what you mean by Snoochie Boochies. Look at this thing where... Uh, they take their hands and they kind of put them near each other ah. when they're doing snoochie poochies. Okay. So like that with their fingers. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Snoochie poochies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what? The listeners know what I'm talking about. Definitely. Right? Oh, would you like some more private time with the guys. listeners? Yeah. This is a good time. This will be a good time for you Ear to muffs. have a little private time with the listeners. Yeah. Hey, guys. I uh, <laughs> just wanted to talk about snoochie poochies, as we all know from the Silent Bob and Kevin movies. Oh, my uh, God. Do their thing with their fingers. <laughs> that's. that's Kevin, That's you're good. fucking killing me. Say no more. Jay and Silent Bob, you asshole. Silent Bob uh, and Kevin Alice? strike let's again. Jump over to Alice. Coming soon to what? a theater near you. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Allison because there's some uh, real good stuff going on with her mm-hmm. as well. Um, what uh, what'd you think about this? Like, they're continuing to keep it relatively serious and not super-powered with her and her husband. Um, I... Again, this is like uh, – this feels like uh, you could very clearly compare what they did in season two versus season one. The reasons they give relatively subtly for Allison to not use her powers in season two make so much more sense than they did in season one, yeah. in my opinion. I don't – I don't know, man. I, I, I just like – part of me is like when the racist cops break in, it's like – 
Allison, you can end this anytime. And she like half ass tried to use it when no one was paying attention. And I was like, Allison, please do it. Come on, like stop this. Well, there's two things about this, right? One is the time travel nature of it all, that she doesn't want to fuck up the past too much. Yeah. But the second part is the dignity and grace thing that she keeps repeating is that being arrested and doing it calmly and being taken to jail yeah. and not creating a ruckus about that, that is part of the process as well of civil disobedience. Right. And I think that's what she's buying into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know. It's the right thing to do, especially for that time period to kind of like stand up. And yeah, and I'm glad that that kind of it was lightly talked about, you know, when Klaus is leaving. They're like, hey, by the way, uh, none of the, uh, you know, black people here are being held for any particular reason. And Klaus is like, oh, wait, for real? And then it yeah. kind of moves on. But it's kind of like, yo, that's really fucked up. I also think it's interesting because Allison one of her big storylines from the first season was that she used her rumor powers on her daughter and her relationship mm -hmm. and family was basically shattered because of that. And so she was fairly restrained going forward and her powers are sort of this sore subject. And so again, I think here she is being restrained for a reason that I think feels more uh, deliberate as opposed to mm -hmm. just like out of fear. Um, but I, I feel like that's not quite clear yet. It's hard to tell what her storyline really is. And she's one of the characters where I don't know what she's actually thinking, as opposed to Luther, Vanya, it feels like we're really in their heads. I, I think that makes sense. I mean, she's always been more restrained as a character, right? Like, in more interior generally. So that's certainly happening here. There's probably also... You know, not to speak too far out or speak for anybody, but I'm sure there's a bit of reticence on the part of a white showrunner to be like, we're going to fuck up the civil rights movement. Let's do some crazy time travel stuff here. You know, like there's a tiptoeing around of let's treat this seriously. Let's treat this honestly. Right. Let's treat this to the time period and go through, which is the responsible way to go. Uh, it just maybe makes it less fun in terms of a superhero show, potentially. And that and it also it, I don't know this show doesn't feel like it's ready to make a statement about the, mm -hmm. these characters being around in this time of the civil rights movement and and any other issues happening then. Um, so I'm curious, I'm curious where it's going to land on all that because they are def they've introduced a subject that I don't know if they feel ready to handle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, certainly there's a lightness to say. Uh, five scenes with Diego's where they're watching the Zapruder type tape um, that is much more fun to watch when you're fucking with history than the Allison stuff, which uh, obviously, like we're talking about, is more serious. Yeah. Um, l let's talk about Diego because I think there's great stuff with this episode. And like everybody else, they've kind of finally figured out what to do with him as dumb Batman. Yes. Like, I think the first season they were like, yeah, he's Batman. But he was not Batman. And this season, they're like, no, he's dumb Batman. It, it, yeah. You know, he's Knives Batman, basically, who's, you know, just hasn't really completed his training type of thing. But oh, I, he's like Knives Man Begins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like he's like Kite Man, but with knives. I think that uh, like I can't wait until we get to the second movie. The Knives Rives. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. This is a fun bit. Um, Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> I really liked the whole. Um, uh, I I I don't. You know they. They call her crazy lady, but her name is Lily. What is it? Uh, Lila. Lila. Uh, yeah. I really like her. I hope she sticks around. She's a lot of fun. That whole yogurt bit was just really fun and uh, kind of a cool uh, little thing. Like, I don't understand yogurt. Like, that's a fun thing. Uh, but I think that, like, showing Diego's, like, humanity more a little bit and leading with that, especially when it comes to other people, I think is really going to be the key to Diego. Um, but man, like, like gets to fight his father in his prime. Uh, like that action sequence was like so badass. And like, what kid doesn't daydream about like being able to go back in time and beat the shit out of your dad? Like, oh, <laughs> what a fucking dream come true! And wow. then he couldn't do oh, it. Yeah. I was so disappointed in him. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I have no disagreements with that. No, yeah, I don't think <laughs> no. anybody here or listening would ever be like, yeah, I want to go fight my dad. <laughs> Who does now, let me ask yeah. you, you said you want to go back and fight your dad at his prime. Would you also yeah. be at your prime? Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, unfortunately, I'm past my prime. So, you know, yeah. Oh, real quick. Another no, follow-up, follow-up question. No. When was your prime? <laughs> I say... Did I know you? No, no. No. Yeah. That's too bad. I want to go back bad. and fight you in your prime. No, you don't. You don't. You do not want to do that. What? When? I, give me your prime. I'd like quick. to go back in time and fight your dad, Pete, in your prime. Oh wow! <laughs> I want to. I fight. think that's the phrase "dad prime." That's what that means. I want to fight yeah, your dad phrase. for your Amazon Prime password. <laughs> uh, I think we're all in our prime, definitely right now. Based on our ability to stay on topic in this podcast, it doesn't get better than this. (laughs) Tell you what, I'm going to put a little uh, card that says on topic up on our murder board. I'm not going to Mm -hmm. connect any threads to it or anything like that. It'll just be there, right under the mist. Yeah, no, good. Connecting threads is definitely our strong suit. So uh, I'm very curious to see this murder board um, at the end. Uh, Let's talk about Klaus a little bit Because there's some fun stuff with him We find out more about his cult in this episode Uh, We get a cult follower who shows up Which is super fun as well Uh, And he uh, drops a little waterfalls TLC Don't go chasing waterfalls Yeah Great Always knew the prophecy of the TLC was true Yeah Um, So that was nice to hear And also a sick other guy's reference You know I mean Michael Keaton, well, that was his bit the whole time, just, you know, quoting TLC. And I do think, uh, famously, JFK Jr., um, after his father's death, salutes TLC on the streets of Dallas. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't I go chasing waterfalls? <laughs> Columbo. Are you doing the guy from The Simpsons? <laughs> Is that Columbo? Uh, the yep, guy from Troy The McClure. Simpsons. <laughs> nope, not Troy McClure. I don't know. The mayor. Kevin? You were doing the mayor from Kevin? The Simpsons. No, it's Kevin from The Simpsons. Yep, definitely. Uh, I thought this was a fun spot for Klaus. Uh, I like this whole thing. Uh, I'm curious, is it just a joke, or are we going to get some fun uh, revelations here out of Klaus becoming being this sort of cult leader? I thought it was Kla- Klaus was underused in this out. I was a little disappointed at how little Klaus we got. It's There was definitely, you know... Without getting into spoilers, since, as I've said, I've seen the season, but there's certainly 
something that they did with the first season, I think, nicely, is they started with Klaus as a joke and then slowly got to a point where he went through several bits of trauma uh, that made him be taken more seriously. Uh, we're not quite there yet, necessarily, I, I think is the thing that's fair to say. Yes. Okay. Uh, before we wrap up here, though, let's talk about uh, who is top boy. Top marks. Who gets top marks in this episode? (laughs) Pete, go ahead. Who gets top marks? Uh, This is, um, this is tough. It, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to say um, the crazy lady, the pinky sweater moment really got me. I thought she was a lot of fun. Like that whole, uh, you know, let's take my car. You know that was just fun stuff. Like I, I'm uh, very also much very cool. She her. was given a pedicure to um, the conspiracy. Yeah, that theories. was really funny. Yeah, that was very fun. Uh, I like Elliot, and I'll also mention. I, I just wanted to bring up this moment real quick about her. But the argument about how to take out Lee Harvey Oswald to take his plan <laughs> is to cut off his trigger finger. Yeah, is a very stupid, very funny plan. Yeah, well, that that's whole the thing line that- where she was like, you know, uh, what did she say? You're like you. Something about really dumb writing a really dumb book or something. Uh, I don't know. It was really funny line she had. Uh, that's why, in general, I want to give it up for this season. The two episodes we've seen, um, it's funnier, and uh, all the characters feel like they're on stronger tracks already. So, like, it's just really nice to to jump into the season and feel like there's a confident. I feel very confident in what I'm seeing so far. Yeah. Who's your top marks for the episode, though, Justin? Well, um, that I'm going to have to give it up for uh, Luther. I feel like I sort of mentioned this earlier. I feel like um, Luther is in a much more interesting spot. Uh, I think last season we, he was a little bit predictable, and he was like this good boy who was disillusioned with what his life had become, and so he. Uh, was acting like a sort of spoiled child. And now in this I, season, I, I feel like we followed that arc a little bit further, and he is sort of like he, we talked about at rock bottom, but then he starts to make some better choices, and I appreciate that. Uh, I, I'm i glad you said Luther. I agree. And I'm hoping that Luther gets to fight his dad in his prime because I feel like he's the one to do it. But uh, I found the quote. It's uh, She says, you're an open book written for really dumb children. That was a great line. See, I want to uh, I want to fight Optimus Prime at his lowest. Wow. First off, how dare you? Like I want to uh, fight Optimus Prime when he's like gets stuck halfway between car, like tractor trailer and robot. Oh, so he's like, yeah. "Oh shit, I'm still all I got all these wheels." Help. That was my favorite part of Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, he was stuck as like a half tractor trailer, half robot for like an hour of that movie, right? Yeah, that movie was 15 hours long, I believe. Wow. When the Transformers uh, I, break like that, what happens? Is there like someone like oils them up or how does it – is there a mechanic? Yes. That's Mark Wahlberg, I think. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it up to Diego in this episode. I just think he is heads and tails above where he was in the first season. And his stuff was so fun. Uh, the reaction on – uh, Elliot coming in and says, are you or are you not an enemy of the people? And it's like, well, that's kind of an interesting question. Very funny. The trigger finger thing was very funny as well. Just like the action sequence that Pete mentioned at the end, fighting uh, Reginald Hargreaves, 
a wild, nothing that I expected from season one, but so cool to watch as well. That, uh, just great stuff across the board. And that was yeah. cold as fuck, you know, which fits the dad character when the dad calls Diego an amateur. And it was like, he, he stopped fighting you for a second because he recognized you, you fucking cold, heartless son of a bitch. You're going to walk off into the fucking mist with your monkey, you fuck. <laughs> or the ribbon, for that matter. Man, Pete hates he, Pete hates dads. <laughs> uh, if you hate dads, you can support us at patreon.com <laughs> slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the Umbrella Academy. Socially, you can check us out at Pod Academy on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, Snoochie Boochies! Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Pete's oh. dad, my best friend in the world. 